this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the hindus in focus podcast with me k bharat kumar july 1st 2023 marked the 6th year since the goods and services tax was implemented in india the average monthly collection in the first year was sub rupees 1 lakh crore now the government expects 1.5 lakh crore rupees as the norm with its eye on rupees 2 lakh crore for the new future in the beginning there were several changes that naysayers felt made compliance difficult others said these were necessary prerequisites for a smooth run later 6 years on where are we and what does the road ahead look like today we have with us pratik jain partner and national leader for indirect tax in pwc india to share his perspectives with us uh mr jain thank you so much for joining us today really appreciate your being with us to talk about uh, the anniversary of the implementation of gst that has just passed on july 1st thank you thank you for having me here uh if you take a look back and we do that a bit before we look forward the road ahead but if you look back uh do you feel that you know when we started off uh, it was a bit faltering and that's the way to be in everything that everyone does and especially if it's a large country like india it is to be expected so we we were under the impression and please correct uh, us if you're wrong that there were some missteps then of course going back and forth uh, depending on feedback from the industry and so on how would you categorize probably the first year or so of uh, gst when it came into action on july 1st 2017 look uh, for a reform of this nature in a country like us right 1.4 billion people now there are almost 1.4 crore registered taxpayers and before gst came in the way the taxes were structured right so you had state taxes you had central taxes more than 17 18 different taxes came together to became gst state governments lost a lot of their autonomy in terms of uh, taxation so did central government in that sense so it was never supposed to be easy right in fact a lot of us at that point in time thought that it has gone much smoother than what we uh, expected of course in the initial years the system the technology the whole framework uh, was not working as smoothly as one would uh, think it would but uh, then uh, it, it was done uh, gst had to come in at that point in time we one could have waited for a year to get all those things prim and proper but uh, i would looking at hindsight i would think that uh, it has been much more than uh, than what we we all thought so initial one years yes some hiccups but those were expected i don't think that anything major happened we did not see supply chain bottlenecks we did not see business stopping we did not see you know sort of uh, people not able to raise invoices and so on uh, so i think it was less than what i expected in terms of disruption okay and if you had a chance as a member of a premier member of the government to do this all over again uh would you still opt for the multiple changes that came in because you know we also heard words of appreciation saying yeah uh, you have to be responsive to industry needs and then there are uh, naysayers who said no don't make so many changes it actually becomes difficult for us to comply as industry uh, right in terms of returns or forms or norms that kept changing but uh, if you look at that point in time as an extension to your earlier answer would you get a comment Yeah again I mean uh, uh, and this is easier said than done on hindsight of course you would have or you could have done few things differently first is perhaps one could have uh, waited unless another 6 months for the entire systems and processes uh, to be ready i may not have started with a invoice level reconciliation 
to start with. So today in the GST in India, you know, you have a, when the vendor is an invoice to me, as a business, I will get an input credit only if that invoice is reported and taxes paid. Perhaps uh, we could have started with a more simple kind of a mechanism to start with. One would not have liked to see some of the changes, uh, which in a classical world, uh, we would believe uh, is is not in the right direction from a policy standpoint. For example, you know, certain sectors attract a flat rate of GST without input credit being available to them. So some of those things uh, perhaps uh, could have uh, been avoided. I would have focused a bit more on uh, on tax administration uh, to start with. But again, it's easier for us to reflect after six years and say, okay, things could have been done differently. But try and understand the situation that we were in. And in in balance, I would say that all of all of the stakeholders, government, industry, consumers, all of them have fared quite uh, quite well on this one. Yes, a few things could have been done differently on hindsight, but then uh, you know uh, we all learn from experience. Lovely. Um, do you have any uh, examples of other countries that have done this recently, and you know uh, any uh, learnings that we could have from them, or that you know we actually did better than them? Any citations from around the world? Yes, I mean, more recently, uh, Malaysia tried to implement VAT, but as you know, uh, they couldn't. Uh, I mean, they implemented VAT and then they took it back. So obviously, it was an experience uh, uh, in itself, right? Uh, before that, uh, I think around 20 years ago, uh, Australia did it. Now, again, Australia is a much smaller country. Uh, you could afford to have a single rate of GST. They did not have a federal and state structure in that sense. Uh, so again, at a different footing, uh, from an economic standpoint also, you know, it's on a different footing. Uh, Australia, New Zealand, those kind of models have been fairly successful. But again, smaller smaller countries. I mean, Singapore uh, did it uh, before that. It has been successful uh, as well. If you look at European Union, which implemented VAT uh, many, many years ago, or GST many, many years ago, uh, I would think that I would say that they're still struggling. I mean, that different uh, member countries have different, uh, you know, sort of interpretation. Uh, they still have uh, different rates of taxes in different member countries. Uh, so if I look at EU example, which is much closer to uh, so to what we have, I think we, we have done much better than uh, than what uh, what they have done. So comparison with the smaller countries perhaps is not a right comparison looking at our economic situation, our social uh, situation and so on. Perhaps EU is a right comparison. And I would think that looking at the EU experience for many, many years, India has done fairly well. Got it. I mean, these last few years have been, uh, you know, pretty, uh, I mean, we've all been faced with unanticipated changes, uh, you know, for India itself, uh, we preceding the implementation of GST, we did have the uh, uh, monetization initiative, and then specific to the automobile commercial vehicle sector, the axle load norms, and then the BS6 uh, that kicked in. And then we quickly, you know, starting 2020, we went into COVID and all that. So I understand that, you know, when you make comparisons, it's not apples to apples. But if uh, hypothetically, if you have to keep these, um, uh, you know, uncertainties that sprang upon us aside, the transit of cargo and logistics is a big deal for a country like India. Uh, with the implementation of GST, the one big thing that they're talking about is, of course, rationalization of the tax rate itself. But then, you know, it is actually going to help transit of cargo from one part of the country to the other. Do you feel that that has happened? Because, uh, you know, every time we try and talk about it, we did not know if we were indeed comparing apples to apples. But would you say that that has happened in any figures that you might have? 
No, oh yes, absolutely it has happened. So let's understand what was happening before GST came in. Before GST came in, uh, every state or many states had their own borders. Many of them were collecting what we call as an octroi or entry tax, which you had to be paid at the at the time of entry. Uh, you had physical road permits in many uh, states, so you had to fill those road permits and show it to the uh, to the officer at the NACA at, uh, at the state, and therefore you. Uh, this was a common sight to see a lot of trucks standing at the check post uh, before it entered from one state to another. After GST came in, all these things went away. Uh, Octroi, entry tax all got subsumed under GST. And uh, you did not have road permits. What you had was an e-way bill, which is an electronic uh, document which can be generated online. Right. Also, from a supply chain perspective, because the structure of the tax changed, you did not have to have warehouses in all the states. Before uh, Before GST came in to save a central sales tax, a lot of companies had warehouses in all the states, which you don't no longer need to have only from a tax standpoint. So companies opted for bigger warehouses and not multiple warehouses necessarily in all the states. That also uh, led to a supply chain efficiency. Now, I don't have the exact data with me, but I would. Uh, what I'm told is that... Uh, at least 20 to 25% efficiency has been seen in the in the movement of cargo and the supply chain costs as well so so the real hero of gst from an industry standpoint has been the supply chain efficiencies that have got created uh, after the reform has been implemented that was insightful um, so if we move to the present or at least the recent past you know when we started off we looked at collections and we were you know every time uh, looking at whether it would cross 1 lakh per month, 1 lakh crore per month, uh, rupees in collections. And then slowly that kept inching up in 1.2 and then 1.3. Uh, and then there came a time when, you know, the authorities actually said 1.5 is something to be expected. And, you know, more recently, uh, we, we I don't know if it's a, a one-off case where we touched 1.6 lakh crore uh, in terms of monthly collections for the government. But... Uh, if you had any estimate of growth, uh, and I'm sure the, uh, you know when the GST was rolled out, that would have been on the minds of the people who actually crafted this out, saying every year there must be some such growth. Uh, do you think it has kept pace uh, in your own estimate and expectation? Yeah, look, uh, if look at the data, right? So first year, the average monthly collection was around 89,000 crores. Now, for the last few months, the average collection has been in excess of 1.5 lakh crore. Right? So it has almost doubled. There are estimates which say that it could inch towards 2 lakh crore soon per month. We'll have to see how much time does it take. In fact, for the month of April, uh, it uh, reached around 1.87 lakh crore as well. Right, So, so clearly we have seen buoyancy. 1.25 has been the tax buoyancy in India after GST has come in. That means that the growth of GST has been more than the GDP growth. Right. Even the state collections have been uh, have been encouraging. So all in all, uh, the government uh, is doing well. Of course, the structure of GST is such that at each leg there is a there are checks and balances, and therefore, uh, and and the volume of data and the wealth of data the government has helps them carry out sophisticated data analytics for them to catch the tax evaders and the fake invoices and things like that. So uh, so all of that has contributed in uh, in uh, this buoyancy. Uh, I think the trend will continue. Uh, if you see that 
estimates, uh, budget estimates that we have for the tax collection for FY24, uh, and I'm talking about indirect tax, and the collection that we are having, we are set to exceed the target by a long margin. I mean, so so therefore, uh, it, it has been a good story. Uh, of course, government believes that uh, there is still, uh, you know, the tax to GDP ratio needs to improve further, and there is still large amount of fake invoices, and those things uh, are still happening, uh, particularly at a B2C level, which is business to consumer level. Uh, but with the overall tightening of tax administration, increased use of technology, uh, I think uh, it will further increase. So, government should be happy about uh, the increase in tax collections. Okay, you talked about uh, tax buoyancy as a ratio to GDP, but if I have to drill down further, and you know, forgive me if my definitions are awry, um, but if you look at the number of taxpayers, indirect taxpayers, that has risen, and the tax quantum obviously has risen. So on both counts, uh, you know, you would say that you know this is a healthy growth that we've seen, probably far more than anticipated. Yeah, far more than than anticipated. I mean, for, at least for last last few months, you can say that the government was anticipating perhaps uh, uh, a similar tax buoyancy. You talked about the increase in tax payers from about sixty lakhs in a pre-GST environment uh, to close to one point or three one point four crore now. And bear in mind that under GST, the threshold uh, is much higher. It's for around forty lakh rupees if you are selling products. So below forty lakh rupees, you don't need to take registration and pay tax. So even with a higher threshold, with which you know VAT environment was maybe five to ten lakhs, depending on the state that you were operating in, uh, even with a higher threshold, uh, the base has substantially gone up. So clearly, this the structure is such that uh, you know uh, that uh, evading tax or avoiding tax uh, becomes much more difficult, right? Uh, so so again, tax base has, uh, has increased uh, substantially, and uh, bear in mind the large part of our economy is still. Uh, not subject to uh, GST. I mean, agriculture is largely out. Uh, you uh, Petroleum products is out. Real estate is out and so on. And once some of these sectors start coming in, uh, you will see further buoyancy in tax. Got it. Uh, you touched upon fake invoices. And there's a recent piece of news that talked about, I think, 69,000 crore odd uh, uh, fake invoices that were identified and so on. So... I mean, like in they say in any business, right? I, I have to set aside, if I were an entrepreneur, 5% of my um, revenue for pilferage or loss if, uh, due to some fraud or some kind. So given that even a small business is sort of mentally prepared for it, would you think that this amount that the government has been talking about having identified is far higher than it ought to have been? Or it's like par, par for the course? I mean, any system will have it. And the idea is to get better and better at uh, uh, you know spotting these and fixing these. See, I think the... The amount that they have caught or the fake invoices does not seem to be very high. I We, we just met in, in one of our conferences where we heard an estimate of around 18,000 crore uh, of uh, you know cases which have been detected, uh, detected recently, uh, which if you look at uh, the monthly collection of 1.5 lakh crore uh, does not seem to be a very high amount. But the real question is that how much as a proportion we have been able to catch. See, it's very difficult to, uh, you know, catch some of these things. One is a systemized thing where people create various companies and this just trade in fake invoices and so on. That perhaps is easier to, to catch, right? But let's say if you go to a market as a consumer and, you know, you, you buy a, a product 
let's say you buy a cell phone and you get a bill for uh, furniture. I'm just putting an example there. That's very difficult for the government to catch because if the tax administration becomes tighter, then industry would come and say that, look, uh, you know, uh, doing business is uh, getting very difficult. So at a B2C level, which is at the end consumer level, uh, catching hold of, uh, you know, sort of evasion is always tougher. And uh, uh, with a, at the B2B level, with the e-invoicing coming in, with the eBay bill coming in, uh, with concept like blockchain uh, getting introduced, uh, uh, it is becoming slightly easier. I think that uh, this number of uh, fake invoices or the, or the what, what the government is able to catch is going to go up significantly with the drive the government is doing. And and once that happens, uh, and and you know there are more arrests and things like that will happen as well. Uh, perhaps uh, the people who are doing this will realize that it's not worthwhile to kind of uh, do it anymore. And and that mindset needs to change. And even at a consumer level, we all have to help the government and see wherever we notice uh, that somebody is not paying GST or things like that. We must bring it to the government notice. It's up to us to create that compliant uh, ecosystem. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with you. You know, if you look at the road ahead uh, as an advisor or a consultant to the government, what would you think are immediate priorities in front of the government saying, hey, come on, you know, into the seventh year this time we fix this. Any top three items that need fixing right away in your view? Yes. Uh, in fact, I chair the Indirect Tax uh, Council for SOCHAM and we presented uh, some papers to the government recently as to what are the immediate things that they need to do. And let me divide this into uh, two, three segments. One is the structural changes, right? Which will take time. But what we have requested is that the ambit of GST ought to increase. We do understand that passenger fuels might take time to come in, petrol and diesel and things like that. But perhaps we can start with natural gas and uh, uh, ATF, uh, bringing uh, them part of GST. At some point in time, uh, government should look at real estate as well. The entire real estate sector coming in uh, uh, because obviously one would believe that uh, there is uh, uh, a lot of unaccounted money in, in that sector as well. But uh, uh, so therefore, that is that's required. Second is the tax administration per se. Uh, on the ground, industry is facing multiple audits, multi multiple investigations. So how can you streamline the tax administration? One specific thing that we have requested is please create sector-specific, you know, sort of committees or groups to understand the concerns of the industry and take remedial uh, measures. So tax administration clearly is the second part. Third is looking at the legislation and simpl simplifying it further. You still have a lot of complications around input tax credits and what, what is eligible, what is not eligible, whether CSR expenditure is eligible or not, and things like that. We, we have requested the government to just look at the income tax concept and anything which is incurred by the business as an expenditure which is allowed for income tax purposes, should also be allowed uh, for GST purposes. So simplification of GST is uh, the third thing in, in the agenda. So these are the things. And of course, ra rate rationalization is the fourth one. Uh, the four-tier structure, which is 5, 12, 18, and 28, these are the four primary rates of GST. Uh, there is, I think, consensus emerging that it should be uh, merged into three categories you know, maybe 5 and 12 could be merged into one rate of, let's say, 8% or 12 and 18 can be merged at 15 and so on. So the rate rationalization is also uh, is also important, but I think it will take some time. So in, uh, in sort of as a corollary to rate rationalization, 
there are some items that seem really surprising to a consumer like me like cement being at 28% because if cement contributes to your infra and your housing sector and all that do you think there are some things like this like cement which has just happened to be oversight or you know this is like par for the course this is the way you know things should be no it's not an oversight really uh, because see uh, bear in mind that the revenue neutral rate the government started with was around 15% they wanted 15% as a average rate and right now uh, you know the government is saying is around 11.8% so they have landed at a much lower effective rate now than they uh, what they, what was the intention few things like cement and automobile and things like that earlier before gst came in also attracted a very high rate of tax because you had a vat of 12.5 or 15% and so on and then you had an excise of an equivalent amount 12 13% so collectively and then you have tax on tax because you know you did not get a lot of credits and so on uh, the effective rate uh, on some of these items was actually more than what you have today so i think it's not an oversight in that sense but your point is valid that uh, you know something which requires is required for infrastructure should should it attract such a high rate which also a question of where will the revenue come from let's say if, if on cement we reduce from 28 to 18 and government has an implication of 10000 crores where will the 10000 crores come from so that's a question which government keeps debating uh, but i think on cement specifically there have been some discussions in the gst council and hopefully we will see something uh, soon excellent anything else you would like to comment on i have exhausted my list of questions but happy to hear because you are the expert no no i think look uh, i'll only say that uh, if if you look at from three stakeholders perspective right from a government perspective collections have gone up significantly the number of taxpayers the base has gone up significantly from an industry standpoint supply chain has become more efficient and uh, the product most of the prices uh, of a products the raw material has gone down from a consumer standpoint consumers are much more empowered because you you can see on the invoice how much tax you are paying right so consumers are more empowered is more from a transparent tax system i think the focus of the government now has to be to take it to the next level and that can happen if we focus on tax administration ease of doing business and of course the rationalization that i talked about but that's a long term process so we'll all have to we'll have to come together and uh, and see how we can take it to the next level and i think consumers like you and me are a very important stakeholder in this process excellent thank you so much mr jain that is very insightful uh, you know half an hour that we spent truly appreciate it thank you bye bye in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other platforms just search for in focus by the hindu we'll see you soon